Invest in yourself today with our Insider Pro product, which gives you the career path to reach the next step in your cybersecurity journey. Join today on Cyberate.it using the discount code PODCAST. In this episode of the Cyberate Podcast, we sit down with Dr. Amberine Siraj, the founder of WESIS, a nonprofit whose purpose is to bring women together in cybersecurity. Speaking with Amanda and Angel from the Cyberate team, Dr. Siraj goes through her history in cybersecurity and how WESIS has helped open the doors for other women to get involved and learn about cybersecurity. So, hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Cyberate Podcast. I am Amanda Davey, and I am the Director of Business Development here at Cyberate. And I am joined by two lovely ladies, and I'll let them introduce themselves. My name is Angel. Um, I'm a mentor with Cyberate. I've been in uh, information technology uh, as a professional for 23 years. I'm now the manager of identity and access management uh, for a company called CGI. And um, that's me. And my name is Amberim Siraj, and I'm a professor in computer science at Tennessee Tech University. And I'm also the founding director of our Cybersecurity Education Research and Outreach Center. In short, CROC. That's why I think you see CROC in my background. That is awesome. So, Aberin, we definitely took a look at your background before coming on this call and just the amount of scholarly references and your education background. And so we were actually really curious to hear about that background and just your transition into research to cyber and just really how that happened. It was really inspiring to see the amount of work that you've done for the community. And I think we were both really interested in just learning more about that. Thank you for your kind words. Um, um, You know, I... I'm, I originally come from Bangladesh, which is a small country um, by India. And when I grew up and when I studied bachelor's degree in Bangladesh, the capital city, Dhaka, we didn't have a degree in computer science. So I did my bachelor's in applied physics and electronics. But one of my projects was um, a it's called, it was called, it was a long time before, uh, I think in 1990s, early 1990s. And it was based on PC-based IC tester. And that's where I started learning about programming. And I, you know, I don't retain information well. Uh, I have a very bad memory. But I still remember the joy of writing a program and um, hitting the command line and it did what I told it to do and I don't know that's just uh, hit something with me and then I thought you know that's what I'm going to study further uh, in computer science so I came to United States to get doctoral degree in computer science I did my master's first and my PhD in Mississippi State University and I was very blessed to come across um, my professor, Dr. Ray Vaughn, who, was, who is one of the pioneers in cybersecurity education and workforce development. And he was offering his first course ever in cybersecurity. And I was in that class. And 
from that course, it I mean, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. I just fell in love with the subject matter, and um, that's how I got into cyber from computer science. So my dissertation was in cybersecurity, and then I I was blessed to have a job with um, Tennessee Tech University. Mm-hmm. So I joined as an assistant professor, and and you know from uh, you know when for professors, of course, their primary duty is teaching, but um, professors are also expected to do research and service. To different degrees, it depends on the university. Um, I'm blessed to be at a university that allows me to have a, um, my presence in all of them almost very um, comparatively. So I do as much as teaching, as research, and outreach mm-hmm. for the community. So because I believe in all these three things very strongly, um, in 2016, we established the Cybersecurity Center, and I was looking for a name, and I thought of this name, Cybersecurity Education Research and Outreach Center, because I we wanted to do all three. So we wanted to do cybersecurity and, um, and contribute in the community through education, through research and through outreach. So that's what my center does. That's what I do. That's my identity. And, you know, that's what my, if you look at my CV, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. I do all of it um, to some extent. I'm not expert at anything, but I try to dig in different things. That's really fascinating. It's really fascinating what what you've done and I guess the body of work that um, that you've built over this time, I think it's fascinating, you know, that um, coming from your background and just that one thing, you know, that you did gave you that instant gratification that it just hooked you in and, and it really got you excited about security. And and it all started from just that one experience. And I, I think it's um, I think it's great. I, I guess in, in a lot of the work that you're doing now, you have the opportunity to create those experiences for other women to also get them excited and get them into IT, yeah? Yep. It's just spreading the love of computing and cyber. That's what it is about. That is awesome. And so, Angel, do you want to share a little bit about your background as well? Um, Yeah, my my story is uh, my story. I think is I think it's kind of interesting. I um I started out um, originally actually doing just a hodgepodge of different types of jobs. When I was younger, I was basically trying to find. Um, myself and figure out what I wanted to do. So um, honestly, I've done everything from, you know, working in a, in an animal hospital in the, in the dog kennel. Um, I've been a bike messenger in Washington, DC. Um, so I came into my first big job um, as a facilities, assistant facilities uh, person. And that was, that's pretty much where it started. Um, once I got exposure and the company that I was, that I started with was called American Management Systems long time ago in uh, the Northern Virginia area. And that was my first exposure to IT. And we were a consulting company. And when I um, got a taste of, I think, what the help desk guys were doing and uh, the server guys, and I was coming across those teams, I was really excited by that work. And for me, that's that's it. It snowballed from there. Once I uh, started pestering them and saying, hey, guys, you know, really love to learn what you're doing. You know, take, take some of that work off your hands. 
Um, I, I was just eager for more to learn more and more. And my entire, I would say, 23 years um, in the beginning, I mean, everything is about just having a hunger for knowledge. And because I had the hunger for knowledge, it just kept taking me places that I, I never expected. And so at this point in my life, I'm a, I'm a manager of identity and access management. Um, it's a really exciting area in security. Right now, I, I think that um, we're kind of coming into our identity is coming into its prime, um, which, which is really wonderful. And it's getting a lot of visibility. And I've just been very fortunate to kind of have started um, from the help desk, you know, like I said, like 22 years ago. And uh, having had gone on this journey of going from help desk to then kind of being like the tech lead, like training the new folks coming in because my customer ser- my customer service, I, I love people. Um, I love to help people. And um, it's, it's just really taking what I already thought I was good at and what I wanted to do is just snowballed into this amazing lifelong career for me of that's just opportunity after opportunity, just doors keep opening. And I, I've just been really, really um, excited and I try to make as many connections as possible and, and do as much outreach, outreach as I can and kind of give back into the community. So it's, it's, I've had a wonderful experience in IT. So I've been really lucky myself. Thank you. That's very inspiring. Thank you. That's awesome, Angel. And so for, for my background, so I've been in the cyber and IT space um, since graduating from college. And I was telling Angel this just sort of kind of fell into this industry. And I've strictly been on the communication um, and marketing side of things. But I think, you know, similarly to both of your stories, it's definitely an industry with such a strong sense of community and especially among the women that are in the community. Um, But also just in my personal life, something I'm really passionate about is helping others and impacting lives. And, you know, whether that's through social justice issues or a myriad of other ways that you can get involved in the world, something about cyber really resonated with me in that aspect as well. So it's been amazing to have that impact on defending the nation's critical infrastructure Mm. through different tools that you're working with, or even from, you know, the marketing perspective, it's been really rewarding for me. And yeah, no, I definitely want to get more technical and cyber has been a huge help and advocate of that. You know, I'm very fortunate to have access to all types of training mm-hmm. given the company that I'm with, um, which is truly a blessing, but it's definitely been something that has made me even more passionate to make these learning opportunities and different platforms available to other women that want to get involved. So that's really where I'm at. Um, and so it's great to talk with you both today and just learn more about where you see the future of women in cyber going. And of course, we don't need to strictly talk about that, but I think it's super important, um, especially from two industry veterans to hear, you know, your thoughts on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think, you know, cause I think it's important for people to know, um, so that they don't feel so intimidated. You know, I, I think, uh, Dr. Siraj and I come from two different backgrounds, two different opposite ends of the spectrum in that, I mean, I don't, I didn't have a formal education. I actually had a lot of difficulty from an educational uh, standpoint. Um, personally, 
well, my story, I've never really, I've never really actually shared personally about my story, but I, I think it's important to, to share this, these details now. Um, I didn't finish high school. So I'm a person who went two, two weeks into ninth grade. I'd already had so much difficulty from an educational perspective. So for me, um, when I came across, I did go, try to go and I, got, I was able to kind of get my GED and I was able to um, take some community college because for me, I had uh, later in life met some, later in my, my early adulthood, met some friends that, um, and I was really inspired by their stories, actually kids who were studying at NIH. And um, it's because of their academic interests and their background, like it, it really made me feel inspired and they really kind of encouraged me and said, Hey, you can do this. So I didn't allow myself to be um, intimidated by trying to finish, you know, my, my, my education. And I, I did go back to community college, but um, I can't say that I have, I don't even have a bachelor's degree. And what I think is so amazing about the information technology space and especially the security space is that, if for people who don't have a traditional educational background, for people who just felt like maybe that wasn't a place where they fit, um, security and IT worked for me. And I, I fit into this space so wonderfully because, like, again, I really lo loved working with people. My, my, I, loved, I found that I loved helping people. And being in IT and being in security uh, gave me the opportunity to do that, you know, and to feel like I was part of something and to feel like I had a mission and I was part of the mission. And, yeah. and that, that was what I needed. I just needed the opportunity and I needed the training. I needed people who were a little bit ahead of me to kind of um, coach me and, and give me advice and help me along. And I was able to find those people within the teams that I was working in, within the organization that I work for. And I still today, just so everybody knows, I came to Cybrary also still continuing my education just because I'm a manager and I've been doing it this long. Mm -hmm. The um, landscape changes so frequently that it was just so important for somebody like me to keep my, my skills relevant and fresh because for me to be a good manager and for me to be a good manager to my employees and to the people that I work with in my organization, like I have to continue to learn what's going on out there. Um, that means new tools. That means new technologies. And um, so my education, I came to Cyber because I was still working on pursuing education, uh, my, edu <laughs> my education, uh, pursuing an education and, um, and uh, working on my CISSP. And so when I saw there was an opportunity to get involved in the mentors program, I felt like I had something to give. And um, so I've been doing that. And that's how I got linked up with uh, Cyber, first as a student and now as a mentor. So my journey continues. I think, Angel, your story is um, important in a couple of respects, and you're a very good example for different things. One is, um, you know, you 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 not just represent um, underrepresented because uh, you know you are a woman who are very much underrepresented in cybersecurity. Uh, ethnic group-wise, also you're underrepresented. Yes. And most importantly, you are showing that people can come to cybersecurity and be successful at it mm -hmm. without the traditional path, that they can come to cybersecurity in non-traditional ways. And honestly, if cybersecurity had to wait for the pipeline to be filled in traditional ways, then would have a huge crisis because 
the traditional path of filling the pipeline with academic education from schools, colleges, it's, it's way, way behind. So we really need more people to get into cyber sideways. And you're an example of that. So thank you. You know, great story. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I'd have to say, like, there have to be other ways to get in because honestly, like being a Hispanic woman, um, there are, for me, I, I didn't come up seeing a lot of other Hispanics um, involved in, again, in these, in these fields. And so I was always kind of alone in that respect, also being a woman, but also being a Hispanic woman um, uh, in, in that regard. And so um, I think a lot of people are challenged economically and they will face some additional economic challenges, you know, as a result of current times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there need to be, there needs to be some creative thinking around, okay, I really want to get into that. How do I do that? And I think yeah. Cybrary certainly provides that, that pathway, that avenue, your organization provides that pathway um, for, for women to get connected, get involved and kind of start a journey. Right. So we, I think it's important for all of us, you know, with the, where we're coming from in this, in this whole space is we're trying to figure out how do we get women interested and draw them in and help them start their journeys or, or continue their journeys for that matter. Yes, absolutely. That I love both of your stories. I think, like you said, Aberine, like just the amount of different avenues that we need to have and foster to get into the cybersecurity industry and skill people up is really the only thing that's going to help build that pipeline and attempt to solve that talent gap. And so I think that's a really great segue into learning a little bit more about what um, WESIS was founded on and you are the founder of that organization. So I think it would be awesome for us to hear just kind of how you came about, you know, based on your background in academia, but then finding that organization as well um, is, you know, like you said, just two different sides of gaining access to the industry. You have your more traditional route and then you have the community and fostering those relationships. And, you know, they're a little bit different, but at the same, at the end of the day, the goal is very similar. And so definitely interested in hearing more about that and your all's initiatives. So um, uh, we see started as a, a National Science Foundation grant. So when I started teaching at Tennessee Tech, um, often I would notice that, you know, there were very few, if there was any, women in my classroom. Um, when I was in graduate school, it was um, it was that case also. I was the at that time I was the only female student for my advisor. I was the only female student in the lab. You know, not that it prevented me from doing any, doing anything or being successful. Um, I always had a very supportive environment, but I, I know now that, you know, if I had a community like WISIS back then, it would have amplified my um, things that I have done. So, um, again, when I was a professor, uh, couple of years went by and I kept seeing less women in my class. And so I thought, you know, um, I love cybersecurity and there is obviously a huge need in this country for skilled professionals in cyber. 
So why won't more women get into this field? And I thought about it and I realized it's just a, a problem of showing by example um, that women, they need to see that there are others like them in cyber, that there are role models, and um, that it's not just a thing that men do. And there is this stereotypical notion about cybersecurity, which is, doesn't talk very well to women, and I wanted to do something about that. So I, and, and I also around that time, I went to this woman in regional women in computing conference in, in Kentucky. And it was a very small gathering of, I think, around 100 or at most 200 women in computer science, but it had so much impact on me. I was a young professor then, and I thought, you know, we just need to do something like that in cybersecurity. So I wrote a grant to National Science Foundation. It was about broadening participation of women in cybersecurity. One of the projects in that grant, which was in collaboration with University of Memphis and Jackson State Community College, both in Tennessee. Um, again, one of the projects was doing this conference. So we had a budget of, for the conference part of the NSF grant, we had a budget of $70,000 for doing the conference two years in 2014 and 2015 for a total of 250 people. That's how we started. But um, first year we had, with controlled registration, we had more than 350 people, women in cyber show up. Wow. And that's how we became a community. And after five years and more than 3,000 in scholarship, a couple of thousand in attendance, we actually had that money left from NSF that we used for other things. And this community snowball, you know, started in 2014. And I'm very blessed that, you know, along the way, um, made a lot of good friends, a lot of inspiring women like, you know, Angel. If I met Angel, Angel would be one of them. Um, but it's never too late, Angel. That's but so anyway, nice of you. Um, Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> I met so many wonderful, wonderful people during my journey, and we all became friends. We all became part of this community. And um, one special woman I met was Dr. Janelle Strzok from, um, she was at UT Dallas back then, but she joined me now. She's the chair of the organization. But again, a uh, lot of good people came together and started this uh, kind of Robin Hood effort. Um, you know, it's not the, if you look at the organization, we started the organization in 2017, late 2017. So basically, it's uh, in workings. It's a two-year-old organization. Um, but we have now for more than 4,500 members. We have uh, 115 student chapters across wow. different campuses. We have 25 affiliates, which are a community of professionals that are you know, local or regional. 
And we are just going. And it's all because of great people that are part of this community. That's really amazing. Um, how do your affiliates participate in in your organization to, you know, what, what kind of different roles are there within your organization to kind of help with that outreach? So um, the reason the idea of the chapter and affiliates came about is, so when when I was working on the kind of like the document for setting up the bylaws for the organization back in 2017, um, you know, because back then the only real thing that we just did was the annual conference. And we always get, you know, so people so hyped up coming to the conference and they're also rejuvenated and they want to do things and then they go back home and then they have to wait for another year to come back. Right. And not everyone can come back. So we wanted to see how we can get that spark going year long to do things for the community at their own backyards. So when people coming from, say, Arizona to the wherever the conference is, how do they go back and continue uh, to do things and nurture that spark in Arizona, in their city, wherever they, they are in? So that's how the student chapters, the affiliates concept. So they're kind of um, doing things. So these are cyber students or professionals that are communities of local women and male allies. You know, WISIS doesn't exclude anyone. It welcomes everyone. So they're just doing things in their backyards to... You know, everyone's need is different. Their agenda is different. And they're just finding their own voice in their own way to make a difference in their community. And what we try to do is, again, we are only a two-year-old organization. We are learning every day and trying to, you know, um, striving to be better tomorrow every day. So we are learning to better support the affiliates through different programmings that we have. So I was just curious, with uh, with everything happening with the pandemic lately, mm-hmm. um, what is your organization doing now that mm-hmm. the conference is delayed till 2021? Yes. What, what's happening in terms of like outreach and um, that kind of yeah. keeping people engaged mm-hmm. right now? So, um, you know, the pandemic started in, I mean, we canceled our annual conference in March. And then we immediately did our virtual summit in April, which was very successful. And then we thought about this summer, people are stuck at home. I mean, not stuck, safe at home. (laughs) And uh, how can we provide any opportunities with them? So we have been talking to our strategic partners. And, you know, these things take a long time. But this summer, we were able to bring two professional development opportunities already to our community. One is in collaboration with Google and SANS Corporation, SANS Institute. Uh, WISIS community members are have an opportunity to get training in SANS um, to, um, through that are funded, that are getting funded by um, Google. 
So that's one initiative. We, that's amazing. Um, and then the other one is um, AWS, who is also our strategy partner. So we are doing some uh, AWS Jam workshops. So this is about, you know, uh, giving PD opportunities in um, being good at AWS um you know, resources and the services that they offer. So, you know, both are under ongoing right now. We are also working with another strategic partner, which I can't name the name now, but we are trying to bring another training opportunity to our community during this pandemic um, times. So while we are doing that, you know, again, um, we are, uh, we have started preparing for the next conference which is still hoping that it will be in Denver, but we are also preparing for uncertainty. And so that for like last time, it wouldn't be sudden. We will, you know, if we, we are thinking of alternate ways to deal with what's coming next. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Seems like a lot of uh, wonderful opportunities and, um, and things that your organization is doing just to, just to keep the mo- some momentum going, right? Just, right. Um, so. Absolutely. And so in terms of, you know, additional ways for people to get involved and especially now that a lot of conferences are going virtual, including yeah. your own, like what have you found successful in terms of create, kind of trying to facilitate that community um, just not in person? Has there been anything sort of outside of the box that you've experienced um, with WESIS to bring more people in? And even outside of that, just with you know women in general, different outreach approaches that you guys have tried during this time, I think would be super interesting. I mean, um, you know, I personally am big advocate for face-to-face meetings. Like, I would love to meet you to <laughs> face-to-face in a table and have this conversation rather than yes. going through Zoom. Um, so, having said that, um, when that's not an option, virtual, we just we can't sit and not do anything. And we have to think about alternatives. And, you know, um, a good thing about virtual is that you're, it's, you can be anywhere and you can join, mm-hmm. right? So right. like for our conference, for people to attend our physical conference, you know, um, they had students had to get scholarship and there was very limited number and they could only then they could come. We had, you know, because the uh, conference, I don't know if you know this, but the conference takes care of all the cost of the students' um, presence there, like lodging, meals. So half of the attendees are always students. So we we take care of their cost through support of the different organizations that become our conference sponsors. And um, so, you know, so there is al- always a capacity based on you know how many people we can um, uh, we can have at the conference because we have to maintain the ratio of half student and half non student. That's something that I am uh, I will try to enforce as a founder of the conference and the initiative 
because I think this half and half model of someone who is looking for opportunities in cyber and those who are in cyber, um, you know, finding ways to bring more people like them in cyber are being connected as role models, mentors works very well. So to so there is this uh, thing of keeping this half and half ratio, uh, you know, uh, differing the cost of this half of all students. So that's why we have to pose a number on the conference. So the the summary is not everyone can go to the conference. I mean, we have right now we have more than four thousand five hundred member. Our last conference had the capacity of 1,600. So two-thirds of the members can't go to the conference. So when we do virtual uh, meetings, that, you know, that lifts away that quota. You know, then we, can't, we don't have restrictions. So more people can participate in virtual opportunities. Uh, so I guess, um, you know, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, thinking of challenges as and op- challenges as opportunities, and trying to be innovative and creative in, uh, you know, how we can uh, accommodate the need for the community with the limited amount of resources we have. Another thing I want to say that the WISIS organization is run by volunteers. Again, it's just two years old. Uh, for two years, we had only one employee, one full-time employee. We just hired another full-time employee very recently. So, so you can imagine the work that is involved in right. this wow. organization going. And we are very fortunate to have uh, our executive director, Lynn Dome. I'm sure you haven't heard the name. You know, I, I've known Lynn a couple of years now. She has been working with WISIS before it was an organization. And then um, um, she, I think it has been a year or less than a year that she has become our executive director and she's doing so wonderfully well. And um, so um, anyway, so, yeah. No, that's fantastic. Hats off to, to the effort and everything that you've done and, and those seeds that you planted and look what you've grown. Like it's, it's really, it's really amazing. It, it's not just me. It's a we thing. It's uh, not yeah. I. It's a we. Yeah. It's a community. So um, it's a community that that carries the um, the burden together. Yes, of course, of course. But with with the with the so many with the strong few, like what you all have done is is quite impressive. It's amazing. Thank you. I agree. I think it's very similar, and I'm sure Angel can speak to this, you know, in terms of our community as well. Everybody comes together to make things happen and to create learning opportunities for 
as many people as they can. And I know Angel's super involved in our mentor community. Um, and I think that's definitely been a common theme in our conversation today is just the importance mm-hmm. of that and having those connections and facilitating those relationships to really to really learn, especially when, you know, there's so many avenues to entry. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways that you can go about doing something mm-hmm. and learning a new skill um, and having that camaraderie is super important. I mean, um, I know we are not meeting about to talk about cyber, but I really admire your organization. You know, we have we have um, at my school we have a cybersecurity club. Uh, it's called Cyber Eagles because our mascot is Golden Eagles, so yeah. Cyber Eagles. But you know, the kids in the club they are always talking about your organization, the learning material that they get from your organization. So um, I would love to, in future, I mean, it's not for this recording or anything, but (laughs) we have to sit together and figure out how we can um, connect because I feel like we both are very passionate about giving back to the community. Right and um, figure out how we can connect and um, find, uh, you know, more ways to give back to this, to our communities, Mm -hmm. both of our communities. Absolutely agree. That would be amazing. So um, Dr. Suraj, I was just curious, um, what do you think is the most valuable piece of information that you can give, you know, young ladies or anybody or any women today who are wanting to maybe get into cybersecurity or they're wanting to further their education or their careers in cybersecurity, what, what, would you, what, what information would you leave with them? Um, I would say get informed. Uh, find out, um, first of all, find out whether cybersecurity is something you really want to do, not just because everyone is saying, oh, cybersecurity is great and there are a lot of opportunities there. Uh, Is it something that matches your interest? Um, You know, I didn't say something that matches your skill for, uh, for a reason. First is you have to see if it matches your interest. So, Look at, um, there are tons of information out there. I always tell my students that cyber is so broad that whatever you are good at, you will find a way in cyber to apply that. And there are so many different types of careers in cyber from very non-technical to very, very technical and in between. So uh, that's the first question where your interest is and do you find anything in cyber to do a study and see what are the different careers? Um, You can Google NIST-NICE Workforce Framework, NIST-NICE Workforce Framework, that shows you all the different types of um, careers in cyber. And you can even try to play with it and see what skills or what roles apply to different careers. So once you have a general idea what the different colors of cyber are, then you um, ask yourself, what is your skill? 
Uh, what are you good at? Or what, where, uh, I mean, what can you uh, be good at more? Um, where can you hone your skill further? And then once you figure that out, there is just so many resources out there, even free. There are a lot of free resources. There are a lot of resources that are low cost. There are resources that are expensive as well. But start with very small thing and then do one thing at a time. I always tell my students this one thing and um, I say, I, I said, I have this three word that I show my students. I think first day I see them is crowdsource learning, meaning that don't think you can know or learn everything in cyber. You do, you learn what you think you are good at. Somebody else will learn their thing. And then there will be a, when you, I guess, work together, whether it's in academia or industry, you share. So like in our school, I tell the kids to everyone learn what they want to learn, and then you teach others, and you um, show others how they can learn this thing. And second thing is continuous learning. You learn every day because cyber changes every day. So if you don't like change, I think being in history would be better because history doesn't change. But if you if you don't mind change, yeah. and if you are rejuvenated by change, then cyber is your field, technology is your field, and then the third thing is paying it forward. So, as I said, um, you know there is so much to do in cyber, and there is so um, there is a big need for more people with skills in cyber. So. Those of us who are in cyber, if we don't pay it forward, then there is no way that those opportunities would present themselves to others. So that's what I um, tell anyone. You know, and I strongly believe that, you know, there is nothing in the world that hard work cannot bend. If you work hard and if you have, if you're passionate about something, you can do it. I totally agree with that. I absolutely, that's great advice. So I love that. I, I love that too. So, um, so do your homework, learn about what it, what actually feels their insecurity. Um, see if something, see if something appeals to you, you know? So if you get interested in something, mm-hmm. be voracious and chase that lead. And, um, and then when you go and seek some education, there are different ways to learn. There are free resources, things on YouTube, Obviously, mm-hmm. Cyberary is a wonderful um, is wonderful yes. resource. You know, the YouTube channel has a plethora of uh, information um, that are are you know information that's like gateways into learning about some of these mm-hmm. different areas. So I think that's also a great start too. And then when you do get in there and you do learn, like teach others because it reinforces what you know. It really yes. helps build those uh, those connections yes. in your brain and, and it gives you more confidence and assurance in, in what you're sharing. So it just makes you that much better. And in the end, you end up becoming somewhat of a mentor in your way. And it's it's cyclical. You have other people feeding information into you and it just goes yep. around. Everybody gets to benefit and grow from that experience. So I love that advice. So it's great. Yeah. I couldn't have put it better than you, Angel. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> that's uh, actually a very good point. The more you pay it forward, the better you get. Because yeah. the act of paying forward makes you better. Uh, so uh, it's just a win-win for everyone. Right. That's really great. And we need a lot of wins right now. A lot of people need a lot of wins, and they need to know that there's, 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 there's a lot of positivity out there. There are a lot of opportunities out there, but we just have to open our eyes and be extra sharp, and we got to be hungry uh, to, to, to un- turn over all those stones to make those things happen. But, yes, anything is possible, and I do believe that. And also, you know, often I have I get students, male, female, that they're afraid that, you know, they're not good enough at that. You know, this is too challenging for them or they're not good enough for this to apply for an internship or a job. I always tell students, don't be the one to disqualify yourself. Never be the one to disqualify yourself. Your job is to reach out anywhere, every, every, anywhere, everywhere that you see that comes to your path. You know, when you go from A to, from position, you know, from point A to point B, anything you see in your path from A to B came there for a reason. Even if it's not for your doing, but somewhere, someone in this world did something to for you to able to see that in your point from A to B. So don't disregard anything. Consider everything carefully and don't disqualify yourself. And if you're not the person someone is or some organization is looking for, they will do their job, they will do their diligence, and they will find the one they're looking for. You don't need to be that one to, um, you know, move, remove you from that pool. So, Right. right. That, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of women in general, I think we have a tendency, and, and I think it's all people, to have self-doubt, mm-hmm. uh, to question ourselves, you know, um, and and that certainly those are demons that that I've had to deal with, you know, again, with not having a formal education. And you kind of hear that all the time. Like you kind of question like, wow, is this really going to be a good fit for me? You know, am I really going to be able to contribute? You know, am I good enough? Am I, you know, so it still even happens throughout your whole life. And, you know, the biggest thing is to, like you said, you have to quiet the mind and really set those fears. First of all, acknowledge that, yes, those are valid fears, you know, that they happen. You hear that. But you don't have to acknowledge them and give them credit. Say, you know, I, I, I am better than this, and I, I'm going to give myself the opportunity to to do something that maybe I'm going to end up loving. And right, if you don't, if you don't allow yourself the opportunity to explore that, you'll never know. And so, they always say, don't don't try to eat the whole elephant. Just start with you know one bite at a yes. time. You know, and so life start start with the tail. The tiny oh, part of that. Start with, yeah, start start with the tiniest parts because what what ends up happening is you know I just uh, I just said this to somebody else that you know tiny volcanoes become you know islands of possibility right mm-hmm. and and so you always have to do things small and just you know you may have that big goal out there but just understand there are always small steps that you can take every day every week that'll kind of get you there. And, um, and, and though that's much easier to digest, it's much easier to walk one step at a time than try to figure out like, wow, I'm just going to take down this whole mountain. It's just not, it's, it's, there's always a better way to do that. And, um, I think that mindset of believing that you can do something 
and and just trusting in that, trusting yourself, and everything else just falls away. And that includes the fear and the negative self-talk it will just fall away if you just stay on track and just give yourself the opportunity and just keep going one foot in front of the other. So I love I that. I mean, you know that Nike slogan, just do it. Just do it, yeah. Don't, don't do it. think about it. Don't overthink it. Just do it. Just get in it. Get your hands dirty. And, you know, sometimes you'll feel awful. Sometimes you'll feel <laughs> this is totally not working for me. That's fine. But we make mistakes all the time, but we learn from the mistake. It's exactly. important that we don't make the same mistake multiple times. But making mistakes, failing are perfect, legitimate things to do. So do them and yeah. learn from them. Yeah, those are growth Absolutely. opportunities for sure. That was awesome and inspiring and got me a little emotional, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I think Aww. I needed to hear a lot of that. And I think our audience, and I hope there's some girls and women who want to get involved listening and they take a lot of what you guys said and put that into practice because I think that's definitely invaluable advice and definitely needs needs to be spread. And I think that's a great note for us to conclude on. But one thing I want to just um, say, you know, I said there are a lot of resources out there, a lot of things out there. If someone listening to it can't find them, um, find me and then write to me or find Angel and write to us and we will try what we can to direct you to some of them. Yes, and that that is a good question. So, where can we find you? So, where can people listening to this uh, listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube or wherever else you're going to find us? Where can we actually find you, and where can we find Wesis and, and information about you so that we can uh, get those folks more more involved in that journey? So, my name is not very easy to remember. It's you know, it's Amberin Suraj, so you might forget that. So I'm most likely you'll forget that, and I don't mind at all. <laughs> so how about the website? Uh, yeah. So what you do is, if someone just uh, easiest thing to do is do a Google search for women in cybersecurity. WISIS organization would be the first link, and once you go there, you'll find tons of information about WISIS there. And if you want information about my about my school, Tennessee Tech, and our program, the Cybersecurity Center, if there are um, people who are thinking of going back to school, um, we do have a program called CyberCore, which is a federal grant program <clears throat> that provides students um, a very generous stipend, like. For example, if someone wanted to go back to cybersecurity through grad school, say they had a bachelor's in, say, you know, uh, something related to computer science, and they want not not specifically in cybersecurity and wanted to go to grad school in cybersecurity, then federal government would provide for all their tuition. They would give them, um, through this cyber course program, it provides $34,000 per year as a stipend just to be a student. That's amazing. And $4,000 for going to conferences, um, $2,000 for books. But federal government 
is investing on students to go to undergraduate or grad school so that they become best of the best. And in our program, through other programs, I think there are 70 schools in the nation that has this program. And these students, uh, once they graduate, they go and work for CIA, NSA, FBI, DHS, wow. you know, elite federal agencies or national labs. So it's a very competitive and very prestigious program if anyone is interested. Um, again, you don't have to know my um, name. Well, oh, I, I will. I will help people though. So yeah. anybody, if anybody wants to find a good doctor, her name is A M B A R E E N. Mm-hmm. Her last name is Siraj S I R A J. So Doctor Siraj. Uh, so you yeah. should be able to. You should be able to find her. Plus security, and I'm pretty sure your name. Her name will pop yeah. up in Google. So. Uh, well, but you know, you can go to Wis's website, and about page would have my name, and mm-hmm. then you, you can do Google search. It will take you to my university and you can find me and write to me and I can tell you about some scholarships program that um, are um, that maybe someone can think about. Awesome. And we'll of course be sure to include any relevant links and information on our guests in the descriptions um, on YouTube and within the podcast as well. So we'll definitely easily be able to find you both. <laughs> Hopefully that's what you want. <laughs> yes. We don't have any problem being found. (laughs) That is awesome. Love it. Well, I just want to thank you both so much for taking the time to be on the podcast with us today. I know I've said it already, but it's definitely inspiring and really important to hear both sides of how people can get involved in the industry um, and just do their part and give back. And it's been great to talk with you both. And I've personally learned a lot. And I think our users and audience will gain a lot from from hearing both your stories. So thank you. Well, I met two great people today. So that's my takeaway (laughs) today, Amanda and Angel. And we hope to uh, get connected. And Tommy, I didn't forget you. He's back in the, the sound. Yes, field. I know. To give him a shout out. <laughs> yeah, thank you, That's Tommy, great. for your all your support and everything. And it's, for me, it's been a real pleasure doing this. I feel honored to even have been asked to participate in this. So, um, you know, so I, I I appreciate it. Thank you. I've been working for some months, eventually, to do some outreach stuff like this and videos to educate people with uh, identity and cybersecurity and things of this nature. And so. Um, this just felt really natural for me to to just put my foot out there and and see how it goes. So I'm, I, I'm thank I am, you so much. I am telling you, Angel, you need to be out there. You need to talk to people because people need to hear from you. Because well, maybe, as, maybe you as I said, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, maybe you I'm, can be my mentor and help me figure <laughs> out how to put myself out there to reach well, more more people. I to anyone who is listening out there, I think everyone has their own stories to share. Um, in uh, in WISIS organization, there is something called Speaker Bureau. So if you're a member, you can choose whether you want to be uh, published in the Speaker Bureau. So I would uh, love for Angel and if you are, if you join the, I don't know if you're part of the organization, but you can choose to be in the speaker bureau. That way 
when we get a lot of requests for people seeking speakers for events, so we tell them, go to the speaker bureau and contact them, and they will find you there, and they will contact you. But, you know, I don't see it in, say this in a light way, Angel, because I, I told you this again, and I'm telling you this now. Um, you need to be out there being a female Latino cybersecurity professional who have been so successful coming into cyber in sideways. And your story is definitely worth to hear. Thank you. Thank you again. I appreciate that. And I will and I and I will do what I can to get myself out there. I, I do I do agree with you. I think it's important. It's been a goal of mine to do outreach not only into my my community but as as a female, but also um, all of us brown people out there because I think there's could be more representation. I just don't think there's enough awareness. And so I wanna be one of those people that help make others aware of the fact that this is a career possibility and it's an amazing one. Yeah. And it's almost like leading them to the pot of gold that they weren't even, yeah. didn't even know it existed, you know? So. I mean, I mean, think of a, a female Latino um, young woman with no school education working in a job that she hates. Millions, and then she listens to you who mm-hmm. looks like them and she thinks, okay, she is like me. I can be her. So that's why you need to be out there. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I commit. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Amanda, for having us. And Thank you so much. Let me know if you need anything else, okay? Thank you both. Absolutely. Okay. Thank Bye. You. Hey, this is Thor. Thanks for listening to the Cyberry Podcast, and make sure to check back next Wednesday for our newest episode.